0: You just think we just, you know, whatever happens, we just shit another player. I right, and everything's gonna be perfect. All of our fans think that, you all think that, that's what you write about. You don't
1: wanna be here, there's a specific reason. Not really, you know, I think we did a poor job recruiting if guys are coming in and immediately walking out the door because it was something different than what they thought it would be. And we lied to them during recruiting or we sold them on a dream that wasn't true. Yeah,
0: certainly, like I said, coach our kids to, to do the right thing uh, you know, play with poise, play with confidence, play with dignity, play with class. But at the same time, we're not going to take it with shit either.
1: We want to be a big, fast, dominating, aggressive, relentless football team that nobody in the SEC
2: wants to play. Now, that's all, sir. It's second in the West, baby. Yes, sir. Yeah. 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 Hey. hey, I don't like it. It's the only time we're ever getting excited about second.
1: From now on, it's first, okay? All I want
0: to do is fucking eat! I want
2: Judy. I want Judy. I want Judy to want this shit. Do you want it? Do you want it? Show me. Bunch you it again. Welcome into the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host Michael Breton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined as always by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Vows on Twitter. What are you up to, you Big Tennessee Homer? Nah, nah,
1: nah, nah. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. I'm sorry, Bama. I'm sorry. This isn't personal, but you know, good job, Tua. Good for you. Hey, 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 buddy. How are you guys?
2: Hey, we got to give you credit, Shane. You're the one on this podcast on Monday predicted Tua would go pro. you didn't lock it up cuz it wouldn't <laughs> have, it wouldn't have happened for Alabama fans had you locked it up, but I think you you wisely decided against making that move. Uh, reaction and Your first thoughts, Shane Tatua, announcing the decision, and you know, kind of like I said, I, I almost kind of talked myself back into it during this podcast, but certainly sounds like he was leaning to come back, and then the last couple days, he got uh, evaluated in New York City, sounds like everything's going well in his rehab, that may have been a determining factor in him going pro, but what was your reaction there?
1: My reaction, Mike, well, you know, is honestly uh, the night before I was thinking about this situation and I was like, you know, one thing is when you have two kids, you know, or more than one kid, it's, you got to be fair among all of them. And and I say that to say this, I knew Tua's dad was going to be a big influence here. Mm -hmm. And when, you know, Mel came out and said that Tua was going to be the third Person selected in the NFL draft. I was like in the back of my mind, thinking, "Well, you know, Tua's dad's going to see this, and what what does he really have to gain playing another year at the University of Alabama? Can he move further up? Yes, there's two, you know, two spots, but there's a good shot that he wasn't going to get that. So I'm also thinking, Tua's little brother. You know, it's mm-hmm. now his time. It's it's his time to have that opportunity, and I think if you're a parent. And you've got one son that's, that's there. You've made it, you know, let's get him out of college. Let's get him into the pros. I think, I think that's what this is, Mike. I think this is the family sat down and said, all right, let's, let's, let's don't get too greedy here. You know, we got, you're, you're there, you know, these guys have come out. They said you're going to be in the NFL that you they said you're going to be a first round pick take that opportunity, don't get hurt again, and give your give your little brother an opportunity to have the same opportunity that you had. So I, I, that's honestly what I think was, was happening during this whole situation. Of course, it's all speculation, but that in the back of my mind is what I was thinking about going into uh, today. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and it makes a lot of sense in a lot of ways. It's interesting that you bring in his brother Talia because now you're looking at Mac Jones potentially being the favorite to start. But if you're Saban, you're Sarkeesian, you're probably looking at this like who on our roster best resembles Tua. Now, it could be Bryce Young, but at the same time, I really don't think that Nick Saban is going to be very comfortable starting a true freshman to start the season. And, you know, if Talia makes a big step in his second year in college football, I think there's an outstanding chance that he beats Mac Jones. Now, mm-hmm. we've seen from what we say. I'm not, you know, make no mistake, I'm not trying to say anything bad here about Mac Jones, because from what we've seen, I've been in very, very impressed with him. So I mean, he could be the guy too. So I'm not ruling mm-hmm. it out. But if you're trying to run the same exact offense, you're, you're running the run based stuff, and you're running, you know, maybe you want Talia to run a little bit more. I think he's going to match a little bit more what two has given you. Yeah, not saying he's the next Tua. They're not. They're obviously different players here. But maybe with Tua gone, you know, they're thinking if this Bryce Young gets two years, full year in the program, his second year, he probably could take over. But maybe if Talia, now that he's in his a full year in the college system, there's a chance that uh, you know they give him the ball instead, and maybe he takes it and runs with it. So, I think this could be the best thing for his little brother as well. Did you I,
1: I honestly see this playing out different. I, I see Mac coming in as a starter next year, mm-hmm. full fledged starter the entire season. And then I see Baby Tua getting passed up by Bryce. That's what I see happening. I I know I know it's really early and we haven't got to see much of Bryce, but I just I don't know. There's something about that kid. I think he is gonna be the future there at University of Alabama and I, I just I don't know. I, I don't I've seen enough from little to it to think that he doesn't have it but again it's still early you know he's still going to get some experience he's still going to grow so maybe I shouldn't make that speculation but I do I do see a scenario of him getting completely passed down there Mm
2: -hmm. yeah and if he does I would imagine there's two teams in that division Shane that will take him in a heartbeat LSU Tigers without Joe Burrow Mm mm-hmm and Lane Kiffin down there at all Miss It's oh. <laughs> the one yeah. that recruited Tua to Alabama. So he'll have some options, even if it's not Alabama. But let's kick it over to Tua Shea, because I thought he you know, handled this really well, came off just kind of the perfect send-off here for Alabama, very respectful of everything they've done for him and, and his status moving forward. And I think at the end of the day, this is the, the right decision for him, the right decision for Alabama. Uh, so let's kick it over to Tua.
3: Well, good morning, Uh, thank you all for coming today. Um, I've had a difficult time making this decision about my future, um, but first and foremost, I want to thank my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for this opportunity uh, to stand before you all with my decision. Um, My love for the University of Alabama, our coaches, our fans, um, and um, and my teammates has made this especially hard for me. I have had the advice and counsel of my parents, my family, and coaches in going through a a thorough analysis of uh, of the alternatives. And without further ado, uh, with lots of prayers, thoughts, um, and guidance, I have decided that I will be declaring and entering the 2020 NFL Draft. Uh, My three years at the University of Alabama have been the epitome of a roller coaster. I've had a fair share of ups, um, of many ups and a handful of downs, and I couldn't be happier to know that with all the success and failures I've had here at the university, um, it has prepared me for life in general. I can't express how grateful I am to have attended the greatest school in college, but the biggest thing I'll remember with my time here are the memories that I've made with all my friends, family, and loved ones. I wanna honor um, and thank Coach Saban for allowing me the chance to play for him. I'm forever grateful that I not only got to build a great relationship with someone like him, but I also got to play for him. I'd like to thank Coach Sark and our entire coaching staff for helping me enhance my skills this year. And I'd like to thank Jeff Allen and his athletic training staff for the first-class treatment they've given and shown me and my family. I'd like to uh, thank Josh Maxson and his crew for helping me build my brand here. And to all those behind the scenes that don't get enough credit, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I'd like to extend my appreciation also to John Deaver and our academic advisors for the help and support they've given me. And to our AD, Greg Byrne, thank you for the many talks we've had and for the tremendous support you've given me. To my teammates, thank you for the lifetime worth of memories and lessons. Thank you for the laughs, the love and all the hard work uh, that came with helping me shape me to be who I am today. I'm gonna miss you all from the starting lineup to the scout team. To Bama Nation, I'd just like to thank you all for tremendous three years of support um, that you've given me and my family and thank you for taking our family in as your own. To my parents, thank you for giving me um, everything Thank you for everything and thank you guys for instilling everything you had in me and thank you for your continuous love, uh, support and especially prayers. I'd like to thank my family and everyone who's been involved in this process. Uh, like I've heard my parents say many times, uh, it takes a village to raise a child. So thank you all. As I wrap things up, there will still be a of Bailoa here playing football and it's my little brother Talia. Um, and I plan to stay close to the university and always be a part of the Alabama family. So I'd like to leave you all with this from one of my favorite Tim McGraw songs. When you get where you're going, don't forget, turn back around and have the next one in line. Always stay humble and kind. Thank you all so, so much. God bless and road tide.
2: All right, Shane. So, you know, based on that, clearly he's firm on his decision. And I think it turns out to be the right one for Mm -hmm. everything, you know, everything that could go wrong and we're past that. He's going to make a ton of money, hopefully, you know, he has a bright future. I hope he plays next season. And even if he doesn't, I don't even think that's going to be that big of a deal for his NFL team because they're probably getting a guy that's going to start for, you know, eight to ten years, what have you. If if you don't get him the first year, I, that to me is not even an issue because you're getting a franchise signal caller here.
1: Dude, I'm a huge Pittsburgh fan, and I'd love to have him. You know, like you said, even if he doesn't start next year, mm-hmm. who cares? You know, two years from now – yeah, let's, let's groom him. Let's get him right. So uh, I think he's uh, definitely an early pick. Probably the third I, – I still think he's the third, fourth person picked in the draft. So uh, you're still going to have to pay a king's ransom to get him, I think.
2: Yeah, absolutely. All right, Shane, so sticking on that theme there, Tua obviously making his decision here on Monday. Kind of want to make this podcast because we don't have a ton going on here, but I wanted to make a rundown of the latest from the weekend guys announcing they're going pro. We're going to start there. Then we'll get, we're going to turn around and hit on some of the guys that are coming back as well. But let's just stick here in Alabama because they've had a lot of movement here, Shane, a lot of guys on the crimson tide announcing they're going pro. Starting with receiver Jerry Judy, he has declared he's probably going to be a top 10 pick. All American safety, Xavier McKinney also declared for the draft. Linebacker Terrell Lewis has not officially, you know, announced anything, but he sat out the bowl game. He's playing in the senior bowl, so he's gone. And then Jedrick Wills are starting right tackle. All of a sudden, Shane. Alabama losing a lot of firepower on offense and defense here. Some all conference selections here. I know Alabama, you know, they've got arguably the best roster in college football, but any concern based on the fact those several guys, there five guys I listed, all conference-type players not coming back, it, should this be a concern to Alabama fans? Not yet. I mean, the fact that, that... – Sorry, one more. Henry Ruggs also announced he is going pro. So, Oh, okay, that one.
1: I, I didn't know that. I was going to ask you about Ruggs. Now, Smith said he's coming
2: back, right? Yes, sir. Uh, so he's the one receiver that's coming back. Of course, Jalen Waddell not eligible. He's back as well, and we still don't know the status yet of Najee Harris, the starting running back. But mm-hmm. indication is he will likely leave. But you know that's not official. So let's not let's not say that's official by any means. But that yeah. that would be another uh, big loss there for Alabama.
1: I, I'm not in panic mode by no means, but. You know, I expected some dominoes to fall one way or the other. You know, I thought if Tua came back, you know, obviously a lot of these guys would have stuck around. But the fact that he's that he's decided to go pro, we kind of felt a little bit of fallout to happen. But um, I don't know. I'm still I, I, I don't like I said I don't want to panic just yet, but I do want to see uh, how next week unfolds. You know uh, what What's the deadline for the draft? January twentieth. Okay, so we still got a couple weeks here. So, yeah, I'm just, you know, Saban's still going to have to recruit. Now, these guys that have declared, you know, can they go ahead and get an agent and start making money? I mean, is that how that works? Uh, mm-hmm. Or do, can they not take any proceeds until, you know, uh, two weeks is up?
2: Yeah, as soon as they sign, they're eligible to do whatever they want to uh has already signed with an agent he's announced that so once you sign you're official you're done you can't come back and you can start getting paid from that agent so Oof. i don't know if any of these other guys have done that yet but i would assume you know they're going to follow suit i don't expect any of these guys to uh, you know flip flop on their decision here
1: yeah, no, that's that's good. So,
2: well, I mean,
1: it on the bright side. I mean, it's it's a recruiting tool. This is something that Saban uses when he's on the road. Look how many guys we put in the NFL, and mm-hmm. why did we expect this year to be any different? Hell, you don't. You ain't got to do four years at Bama, you know. Three <laughs> years and you're gone, you know.
2: <laughs> exactly. All right, Shen. Let's kick it down to Athens, where the Bulldogs had a big one announced for the NFL as well. And that's because running back DeAndre Swift made it official. I don't think anyone really anticipated he would return. You know, he really – he could have been one of the key ones, Shane, that would have sat out the Sugar Bowl. I don't mm-hmm. think he would have really gotten much hate for doing that considering all he's given for Georgia. But he didn't do that. He played you – know, he didn't play a lot, but he was limited and he still suited up, still prepped with the team. So I think if you're a Bulldog fan – you got guys like Zamir White and Cook, and you know you've got some weapons yeah. back there to replace him. No one's going to really replace Swift on their own, but uh, I think uh, this kind of like you were hitting on with Alabama. This is just something for Kirby Smart to sell on the recruiting trail. Five-star running back, get here, shine for three years, go off to the NFL. You're likely going to be the first running back taken if you're a DeAndre Swift-type talent.
1: Absolutely, man. Those those Georgia running backs are all over the field this year. So uh,
2: let me ask you, have we heard
1: anything about Fromm?
2: No, I was waiting on that one. I was hoping that was going to be announced by – we're recording right now uh, 8.30 Eastern, 7.30 Central Time. But, no, that was supposed to come from what I heard today, but no word yet. It's kind of still sitting on the fence, I guess. But, yeah, I think that one could be
1: 50-50. What, what are you thinking? What are you leaning, Mike?
2: I think, hmm, I think the longer this goes, the more likely he is to come back. But I was kind of anticipating him to leave, uh, given everything that I know, and I wouldn't really blame him for it. I don't know, I don't know if he's got confidence that they're gonna get, they, you know, improve his stock much.
1: Yeah, mm, I think he's going pro. <laughs> Am I going two for uh, two and oh? I don't know yet, Mike. I don't know, but I, I th- I heard him talking about George today. Was that was that a clip you sent me? I, I can't remember where I came across that one, uh, talking about how great it is to work with him and things like that. But I just don't think that's enough weapons for him. You know, he he did the best he could this year. Um, now, I know George is loaded with talent, young talent, but – does Fromm really want to do that? Does he really want to mentor these kids, or does he want to go on the NFL and get paid? So um, I, I'm, I'm leaning a little bit
2: more toward uh, going pro with Fromm as well. Mm-hmm. All right, let's jump on down to Auburn Shane, where they had a guy announce as well. And that's uh, starting cornerback Noah Igbenagane. I always struggle with that name. <laughs> but uh, he was the one that uh, returned the kickoff there for the Outback Bowl against Minnesota. and showed off his speed. One of their most outstanding players in the secondary. And now Auburn. will get to some guys that are staying there for the Tigers. But they're going to have a reworked defensive line. They've got some strong safeties. I don't think the I don't think the secondary there at Auburn is going to be devastated with his loss. But still a loss here, where you know this Auburn defense is going to look a lot different next ball i'm a little bit concerned not as much with the defense but uh everything given they're losing on the offensive line that's a team that uh, they're going to have to show me a lot to for me to have high hopes for them next season
1: yeah i'm with you on that one
2: all right shane jumping down to mississippi state the bulldogs also had one announced he's going pro and that's old linebacker willie gay who obviously (laughs) has had you know a lot of issues during his time there at Starkville and never quite lived up to all the hype due to you know a lot of basically off the field issues but you know I really think that Willie Gay I think he's got a very very bright future at the next level he just is kind of like a freak of nature type player Mm -hmm. and I think once he gets in those combines and team meetings and stuff I think he's going to tear it up And if you put on, you know, when he's on the field, he does a hell of a job, even when he's missing Mm -hmm. so many games. So, I don't know, he just is a pure football player. He's got massive talent. I think his upside is just massive.
1: Yeah, if it don't work out, too, he's got UFC always to fall back on,
2: you know? (laughs) Too soon? Not at all. Okay, good. (laughs) All right, Shane, so that's all the, I don't want to even call it bad news, because like you said, this is good Recruiting for these schools and all these kids, you know, they work hard, they deserve everything that's coming to them. So, those are all the guys that are leaving school early. Uh, Mm -hmm. Let's hit on some guys coming back.
1: And uh, with that being said, um, I just uh, looking at the NFL quarterbacks now in the uh, NFL playing and playing in the playoffs, you're talking about Peyton Manning, um, Andrew Luck, some of those guys who had a chance to leave early in their career but uh, didn't, they decided to come back for another year. Uh, I want to do that as well to redefine my skills.
0: I thoroughly researched the situation and gathered a great deal of information. I've asked dozens of people what they thought, and I've prayed a lot about it also. I knew I wanted to be 100% sure of my decision. Somebody asked me this morning, what was the one thing that helped sway my opinion and helped me decide? Well, there wasn't one thing. It was just like when I signed here. It was just sort of a feeling. I made up my mind, I don't expect to ever look back. I'm going to stay at the University of Tennessee. Oh, and by the way, one more thing. Let's do it again. I'm coming back.
2: All right, Chancellor, we'll start here in Alabama, and we've got this finally situated, officially official, the royal protector, Dylan Moses. He's coming (laughs) back, baby. Oh, yeah, that's huge, man.
0: Oh, thank you, Your Majesty.
2: It really is. So, you know, he's got a lot to prove too coming off that injury. You know, hopefully mm-hmm. he comes back 100%. Alabama's got some of the best medical staff down there in the country. So I don't have, you know, much doubt that he won't come back 100%. I think he, that you know, they, that's what they're anticipating and that's what's going to happen. And remember all this shenanigans with the insurance and everything and he got a second round grade, what have you. If he comes back, is the same player he was before he's going to shoot up those draft boards and yeah. i think that's why he's coming back to prove that that's the player that he really is
1: absolutely and i think i mean last year injuries happened but i, I honestly i think that we're going to have a big year from him next season and mm-hmm. uh, easily a first rounder
2: and with you know these guys that they're losing on offense the defense is going to have to lead the way at alabama and like it does more often than not. It's going to start with Moses there, their leader at middle linebacker.
1: Don't it feel kind of like Bama's getting back to Bama, you know? I mean, now you've got a, more of a game manager back there at quarterback. Your defense feels like it's getting a little bit better, a little bit stronger, especially at that linebacker position. It just, I don't know. I, I When I think of Bama and in the, in the 2010s, you know, I think of this style of team that's starting to mold together.
2: hmm Yeah, and I I wonder if Nick Saban, you know, he's so smart and thinks, you know, he's playing chess while everyone's playing checkers. He's probably be looking mm-hmm. around the league. I'm not seeing a ton of wide open systems with elite quarterbacks for 2020. I know LSU's there. Maybe Brennan is that guy, but yeah. you know, outside of that, I mean, Texas A&M is not slinging it all around that's who they got to mm-hmm. play they're playing Georgia unless Georgia opens it up that's not going to be the system there the Tennessee and the rest of the West I mean maybe maybe you're onto something there maybe he's designing this offense this team for 2020
1: mm-hmm.
2: but one guy that's certainly going to help Alabama's got another big guy coming back here kind of already hit on it here Devonta Smith he's coming back and you know I a little bit surprised that uh rugs and Judy and Tua all left and Devonta Smith because he's in their class kind of surprised he's staying, mm-hmm. but you know, maybe he's feeling that he's got a little bit more to prove. He's probably another one of these guys with like a great second round grade with because he's arguably their most productive. I don't know if that, I want to say most productive, all the receivers are so damn good, but yeah. it's really hard to pick them apart because one game, one guy shines the, the next game. Another one shines. So there's nothing wrong with Devonta Smith's game, but maybe he just wants to show that I can be the number one guy week in, week out. And if he does that, I think once again his stock is going to rise.
1: Absolutely, less spotlights to share. So this is, I, I this could be his core. This could be, you know, I, I think him and Waddell. I think they're they're going to be the so, probably one of the best duos that are in the SEC or in the nation next year.
2: Mm-hmm, yeah, without a doubt. All right, Shane, so I kind of teased it. Auburn, let's jump back down to the Plains where they got two big pieces coming back. Big Cat Bryant, the defensive end, he announced he <laughs> will return for his senior season, as well as linebacker K.J. Britt. And that's big for Auburn because we already know what they're losing on the defensive line with, you know, guys like Derrick Brown, Marlon Davidson, Nick Coe, all gone to the NFL. This defensive line is going to have to be anchored now by Big Cat Bryant And Mm -hmm. they're bringing back their entire linebacker core, you know, unless anyone leaves or, you know, transfers or what have you, the entire starting linebacking core coming back to Auburn. That's going to have to be, you know, coming into the year, that was kind of a complete question mark. Now it's got to be the strength of that Kevin Steele defense. So two big additions here for Auburn as they try to rebound on that side of the ball. They're going to need some senior leadership from Big Cat Brian and K.J. Britt.
1: Absolutely. It's a little less drop-off than we thought we were going to have this year.
2: Mm -hmm. Now let's jump on down to Georgia, where Kirby Smart may have arguably the SEC's best defense. And a lot of these guys, they like to call them the no-name defense here. They're getting a lot of guys back. It was announced this on Monday. This is uh, great news here for the Bulldogs because junior safety Richard LeCount, he's coming back to anchor that secondary. Malik Herring, defensive lineman, is also returning. And then the latest returner, cornerback Eric Stokes. And they're all coming back for the Bulldog defense next season. And, you know, while some of these guys, you know, LeCount was a big name prospect. Herring, I think, was as well. LeCount's kind of finally living up to that billing. And now I think they're going to go from, I don't want to, it's not, I don't think it's disrespect to say no name defense, but. I think next year these are going to be the names uh-huh. of the SEC on defense, particularly there in Athens. So uh, you can go from uh, you know a group that maybe not a lot of people around the SEC knows your name to uh, you know some of the most veteran players on the SEC's best defense potentially.
1: Dude, this this may be the nation's best defense next year. That's the way it's shaping
2: up. Yeah, and I mean they've even got freshmen and sophomores that are just loaded all over that that defense that now it's their time to kind of come in and, and help for the departing seniors. So, yeah, I think it, they've really got it rolling down there right now at Athens, and I know it mm-hmm. didn't go quite the way that fans wanted at the end of the season, but these, these announcements for defense, they may be even just as big if someone like a Jake Fromm announcement. For sure. All right, let's jump on down to Kentucky where – Obviously, Mark Stoops has got it rolling there in Lexington. And, you know, his program's one that's built on the line of scrimmage. And that's good news because offensive lineman Landon Young announced he will return, as well as nose guard Quinton Bohanna also announced he will return. So, you know, the strength of this program, I already hit on it, the linemen. Now they're getting two of their best linemen to come back. I think it was particularly good for Landon Young. I think he's one of the highest-rated recruits Mark Stoops has ever signed. He was hurt all of uh, 2018. Now, 2019, he comes back, has a fantastic year, wants to show that he can do that two years in a row, really improve his stock, become the next you know Kentucky Wildcat to really jump up the draft board. But, man, Kentucky's not going to get a lot of respect outside <laughs> of that state. But when you're bringing in Key Lyman to come back for another year, that's huge.
1: Well, I think it's big because – you know, everybody's talking about this recruiting class, but now you're not asking too much for these big guys to jump in there, you know. Give them time to develop, which Mark's been able to do with the the guys that are in there now. So I think this is fantastic having those boys back.
2: Absolutely. Now, last one we got here, Shannon, jump on down to Florida, where redshirt sophomore Marco Wilson, you know, he's been a little bit banged up during his career. That's why he's a redshirt sophomore. Otherwise, a player of his caliber, you know, probably a three-and-out type player, but he's really only had two years on the field. He announced he's coming back, and that's so huge because C.J. Henderson already had declared early for the draft. Now they got Marco coming back, and he and Elam really going to be able to anchor this secondary next season, and Todd Grantham, Dan Mullen, they got to be fired up that uh, Marco Wilson's coming back for at least one more year, maybe two, but – uh, I think he's such a good player. If he has a strong redshirt junior year, he will probably will go to the NFL. Definitely. All right, Shane, so that's all I got. We went through quite a few guys there, but uh, I didn't want to leave LSU fans hanging here. I know we got – you know, it's so wonky how they did this <laughs> damn thing where we had the playoff game, and then we, it seems like we got three weeks in between. It's almost – You almost forget that this is, like, still in the same season here. (laughs) Uh, But uh, there's not been a whole lot going on here in Baton Rouge. But we do have some clips from Jacoby Stevens and Rashard Lawrence. Wanted to get those – play these clips on them. Just talking about Trevor Lawrence and the keys to stopping this Clemson offense. And uh, I think they were – both these players were really impressed with Trevor Lawrence and studying, obviously, him all season. But in the Ohio State playoff game – he really showed them something that uh, they didn't know that they had. I mean, we had to just like how we've been doing this year. We expected to be here, um, just like they did. I mean, they've
4: been they've been in this a situation uh, more than us. But um, for us, we expect and we feel like that we deserve to be here uh, playing a Clemson team. Um, so we're just gonna take it take it how it is, and uh, we're gonna prepare just like it's any game. But um, all year during fall fall uh, camp and um, uh, one, uh, uh, summer workouts and all that stuff uh we've been planning to get here who does
3: Lawrence remind you of of, of people maybe you've played this season who who who's
4: who most closely um i think that he's a more talented than Bryce Love um he get he just gets to the second read so quick and the spin on the ball is ridiculous um and i somebody that you know that, that really did that with us was, was the Utah State quarterback but he's more talented to him that i I feel like and uh uh, he, he, he's going to be a heck of a quarterback, man, and um, he is a heck of a quarterback. And, you know, we're just going to have to try to, just like uh, every game plan, we're going to try to limit him and take away throws that he likes to do and uh, likes to make. And, um, you know, he, he's going to be, I think he's going to be uh, next the number one pick. Um, so, sometimes it's not always about, uh, as a defense, it's not always about outsmarting them. It's about taking away what they want to do. So we look at percentages uh, where he throws the ball uh, on what hash or uh, between the 40s what plays they like to run or, you know, when they like to max protect or when they like to uh, get the running backs out. or You know, sometimes we got to just uh, figure out what they want to do in these certain situations. And we got to win the situations.
0: Um, I look at this past game. They used him as much as they have all year as a runner. And I think that Carl Ohio stayed off guard and it kind of blindsided them in a way, you know. Um, I think ETN only had 36 yards rushing, and Trevor Lawrence had over 100 yards rushing, so it was kind of a plot twist, you know, so he can throw the ball, you know, and also he can, you know, get out and run in space, which was, you know, pretty interesting to see how fast he was and breakaway speed, you know, so he's a real deal. He's kind of like a Joe Burrow. I mean, those guys are right there for best in the country. You know, both of them are probably going to be number one overall draft picks, so going to be a pretty good game. You mentioned
3: the coach O's scrutiny when he was hired. Just talk about your personal feelings for him and the success he's enjoying now.
0: And, and what has he meant to you personally? Um, he's meant a lot. You know, um, he told me when I was getting recruited, he was like, Richard, you're going to be a national, I mean, you're going to be a captain on the national championship team. And I looked at him and I was like, you know, I didn't know if it was a recruiting pitch or, you know, if he could see in the future, <laughs> you know. So he, he's – um He's a coach that many people don't know from the outside looking in, but he's an ongoing coach that wants to continue to get better. You know, he doesn't want, you know, he doesn't think that he's the best coach in America. And if you talk to him one-on-one, he'll tell you that. He doesn't think he is, but he wants to continue to get better and learn. You know, so anytime you have a man, you know, and a coach that says that and wants to get better, you can't not respect that.
2: All right, Chance, So it's pretty interesting that two LSU defenders on their own account, you know, they think so much of Trevor Lawrence. They both think he's going to be the number one pick whenever mm-hmm. he comes out in the draft. And they're both noticing. Hell, I did, too. I, did, I didn't know this kid. I knew he can move a little bit, but I didn't know he's busting out 60 yard runs here on Ohio State defense, who a lot of people said it was, you know, the best in the Big Ten. And this is, uh, you know, I've, I think I've hit on this point on this podcast. LSU's defense is either going to win or lose them the national championship game, and that's really why I wanted to include these guys, Stevens or Richard Lawrence, because you're going to be counting on players like this to really step up. And if they don't make the plays against Clemson, I think uh, I think LSU might get upset in this game.
1: Oh, you crazy, Mike! <laughs> what are you drinking over here, buddy? Ellis, you know, this ain't going to be a ball game. I mean, we can pump up the – what do they call him? Sunshine? Is that, what, is that his nickname? <laughs> uh, I, I mean, he ain't got enough receivers on that field right now mm-hmm. to keep up with this LSU. And I know you're saying defense, and I think defense is going to be a big part of it. But he is going to have to play the game of his life. And, unfortunately, I think we saw that last week. LSU ain't going to let him run all over them. I mean, this is, this is a team that did struggle – if you remember with Ole Miss, but right. they corrected it thereafter. I, no, no other quarterback had uh, an opportunity to run on them as as Ole Miss did. And I just think that's that's the kind of team, that's the kind of defense this is. They just they have been growing all season and preparing for this situation. So uh, they kept Jalen in check big mm-hmm. time. And there's not a more mobile quarterback in that playoff than than Jalen. So uh, I think they'll be fine. And I'm not worried about this game at all.
2: Ooh. Now I think we're kind of saying the same thing here, but just two different ways to do it. I, basically, what I was really trying to apply is if they let Clemson and particularly Lawrence run all over them, they will lose the game. But I'm leaning with you. I don't think that's going to happen.
1: Oh, I see. It's, yeah. It's
2: almost like I I think I almost think Clemson was trying to save that. And then they were yeah. going to lose the damn Ohio State game. They're like, "All right, we got to break it out." Like mm-hmm. that was going to be their trick against LSU. And now mm-hmm. they've showed their hand. So yeah,
1: uh,
2: that's if I'm a Clemson fan, and thank God, I hope there's none of you listening on this show. But <laughs> I'm a little bit worried that uh, you've, you've already shown all your cards before the national championship, where you know LSU was up, what was like 48-14 at halftime. They didn't they didn't Absolutely. have to show nothing, you know. Didn't that feel
1: like kind of what happened last year with Alabama? Like that first game, they kind of had to, you know, they kind of had to open it up a little bit, the playbook, more than they wanted to. Mm -hmm. And their secrets got exposed before the Clemson game. That's just kind of what it felt like to me. And you may be right. It felt like Clemson was trying to be as conservative as possible and just let these receivers and the running back do their thing. But once they – I mean, once you commit to your star player – You know, your future first round pick getting mobile and running the ball, you know, against one of the best defensive ends in the country. Mm -hmm. You know, there that was just survival. That's what that's what Clemson was doing. So I'm with you. I I don't think that I, I think. Now that it's been seen, now that it's been exposed, I think that they'll, they'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they definitely got to keep that running back in check because he is legit, man. Uh, what's his name? I can I can never say his last name. Yeah, it's,
2: Travis Etienne. And yeah. the big thing for him, he's from the state of Louisiana. And I think LSU kind of didn't make him a priority like they should have early. And they tried too late. So, I mean, he's going to have sp- – not that he's got anything to prove, but he's probably going to yeah. have a little bit of an edge to him in this title game, I would think.
1: Absolutely, because they're going to want to slow this game down. They're not going to want to get in a shootout with Joe and these receivers. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, if you can keep that running back in check and force them to throw the ball, then I think that's 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 how you script this game right here.
2: All right, Shane, final thing I've got here. Let's jump on down to Gainesville. Obviously, the Dallas Cowboys have already hired a coach, so you think that would end all the damn Mullen speculation, how much of that was real, how much wasn't it. Well, it turns out it sounds like it was pretty damn real here, Shane, because ESPN NFL insider Chris Mortensen, one of the best in the business. I mean, he's been covering the NFL longer than you and I have been alive, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was on ESPN first take here on Monday And he kind of opened up a little bit behind the scenes on the decision the Cowboys made of making the hire of uh, former Green Bay Packers coach Mike McCarthy. And that's not the focus of this clip. The clip that we really want you to listen on at the tail end here, he's talking about if Dallas was going to make a college coach, and there was people in there, sounds like they were pulling for that, who that would have been.
3: More.
5: tell me why Mike McCarthy was the man for the job in Jerry's eyes.
2: Well, and it was
5: through Jerry's eyes because Jerry probably gave us a hint uh, a couple weeks ago when he said the the data on college coaches coming into the NFL is not good, and he's right about that. So all the speculation about Lincoln Riley from Oklahoma or Matt Rule from Baylor or even an Urban Meyer did not match up with the data that he had uh, seen, and what did match up was... He wanted an experienced NFL head coach with a track record of success. Did not have to win the press conference, but that was his profile. So after they had met with Jason Garrett early last week, and they knew they weren't bringing Jason back, they went and interviewed Marvin Lewis, who's probably more qualified than people want to admit. Yes, uh, and more, then Mike then McCarthy. I want
3: to admit, yes.
5: Uh, yeah, <laughs> Mike McCarthy came in at the end. When you spend the night at Jerry's house, as uh, we uh, know that Mike did. Uh, when he left there he knew he was the guy and then they formalized it by getting the contract done and signing it
4: mort was this strictly a jerry jones
5: decision or was it something that stephen jones and his trusted inner circle are completely supported stephen jones was definitely involved in this process but jerry's voice was the voice and uh, even though I think this, you know, there might have been some... By the way, I did, one college coach I did mention, who I think actually would have been the top of their list had the NFL guys not satisfied them, was Dan Mullen at Florida. No. But, yeah, Stephen <laughs> had a, certainly talked through this, but it was Jerry's decision, Uh-oh. and Jerry decided he wanted NFL extensive head coach with uh, a track record, including
2: successes. You know,
5: Mike won a Super Bowl, and, and he's won 10 playoff games.
2: All right, Shane, so Dan Mullen would have been <laughs> the guy... Of- According to Chris Mortensen, if they would have went the college route, now he didn't say, you know, Dan Mullen was ready to take the job or anything like that. It just kind of mentioned that that would have been their guy. I don't really know if Dan Mullen would have made that move. I think he probably would have if it would have been offered, but I mean, obviously we'll never know, but I just thought that was pretty interesting.
1: Oh, man. Dan,
2: Dan may have stayed
1: at his house all summer, you know, I think, if given the opportunity. Do you think that was funny, Jerry? Joe? I mean, how do you ask a grown-ass man to spend the night, you know? Somebody, not somebody you're, like, not close with, you know what I'm saying? It's like, hey, Bill, you want to, you know, I got an extra room if you want to, you know, you want to stay the
2: night. Who
1: does that? You know what I'm saying?
2: Especially during a job interview, like, you almost wonder, yeah. like, what did McCarthy have to do to get this job?
1: Exactly.
2: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a bed of
1: roses, you know. And then, and, then he, and that's what's funny is his wife uh, sent out a message, or like he tweeted out a message that his wife sent a text, like, "Are we moving to Dallas?" So it's like <laughs> she didn't even know he was down there or staying the night. So, and yeah, I just this thought is getting
2: sketchier just, and sketchier.
1: It really is. It really is. But I, I will say this about Dan. Um, it sounded like he was he like I was giving him a hard time and I thought it was a good thing. And I thought it was a PR stunt. But it sounds like Dan was pretty high up on this list. And and if if uh, his son had any like pull here that Dan would have been the coach. And I think you know that something to consider something to keep your eye on mm-hmm. uh dan's always been a candidate for future jobs and it's just that's his persona and he's he does well coaching and he's doing a great job at the university of florida but if this Mike guy you know which i think is a dumb hire even though i know you're a green bay fan i don't know your feelings on on him but i i don't think he's a, i don't think he's a great hire um with everything that he had in Green Bay and making it work in Dallas. Of course, I don't want to get too much into the NFL, mm-hmm. but if it doesn't work, I think it's going to be a really short leash, and if Dan's still successful down in Florida, I, it would not blow my mind if he is the next guy to step up or the next time a nfl spot opens up you start hearing his names because if jerry jones is interested then these other gms and these other you know team owners are interested as well so um you know it's just something to consider so i mean your your, your boy may get post if you're a gator fan you know uh, don't be surprised if the nfl comes calling because somebody's going to take a chance on him
2: well i think dan mullen said it best there's Either speculation that they're going to fire you or speculation that you're moving on because you're doing so well. And that's that's how you want it. And I don't think he's going to leave Florida for another college job. So I'll tell you,
1: Mike, right now, there'll be no speculation. Me sleeping. It's not at some stranger's (laughs) house. It ain't happening. (laughs) mark that off your bucket list mark because it ain't happening
2: oh final thing here on the on the Gators I didn't want to not mention this Uh, they landed a transfer from a former five-star running back from my he signed with Miami played there the last two years Lorenzo Lingard I think is how you say this I think he was the number one running back in the nation in 2018 class if I'm not mistaken he's had a leg injury before so I don't think he was 100% last season don't know if he's going to be eligible immediately next year but uh, the Gators would certainly use him next year if not the, the year beyond and uh, this could be a sneaky pickup here that you know the Gators pick him up here in in January and you forget about him by you know training camp and he could be a breakout type star for them
1: yeah I keep seeing a lot of transfer you jokes you know so Florida's getting him Five stars, they're just doing it unconventionally. Let me ask you, who was the other?
2: Didn't they have a, another transfer? Oh, yeah, recently. Yeah, they got a guy. Um, I don't have his name written down here, but I don't know that he's really going to factor in a ton because they offered him as a walk-on, and he was, okay. he was a Gainesville native signed with UCLA coming back to Gainesville. But, hell, if he's transferred from UCLA, that tells me that they're giving him a scholarship. So, Um, I'm hoping that uh, you know he can make an impact one day but I just don't I don't think he I don't even think he's gonna be eligible for next season so okay Uh, unfortunately I don't have his name here I love it I love it all right Shane so that's all I got on this one like I said we're gonna be a little bit shorter of a podcast here but we just really wanted to hop on and give you a breakdown of all these guys going pro and coming back and what have you Mm and obviously the 2N news was huge and I think that's going to shake up the SEC a little bit here. You know, Alabama's still going to be a major factor, but maybe not the clear preseason favorite to win it all. And, you know, nothing against Alabama. We're not an anti-Alabama podcast by any means, but I always – I don't know about you, Shane, but I enjoy this a lot more during the offseason, leading up to the next season, when it's not Alabama and Georgia penciled in. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. this season was great for LSU fans and their rise and everything. And it was somewhat unexpected and just made, makes it makes a little bit more fun in my opinion.
1: Pretty rough year for, uh, for Bama man. Uh, I did see an interesting stat since 2013. This is the first time that it's impossible for Belichick or Saban to win a title. You know, usually one of them are winning a title each year. So uh, it's the first time since 2013. So that's crazy uh alabama's had a great run and i don't think it's going to end i I mean there's going to be a lot of people come out and said the dynasty's over but they still got a lot of talent on that roster and and uh but who knows man the next two may be warming up you know what i'm saying so it may not be alabama it may be a different school but that's that's the beauty of of the draft and you know giving these other kids opportunities because you know nobody was talking about joe burrow two years ago
2: absolutely shane All right. Well, that's going to do it on this one. Thanks for joining me as always. Thank you everyone for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next one.
1: All right. See you guys. Go Vols. And you've got one son that's that's there. You've made it. You know, Let's get him out of college. Let's get him into the pros. And let's focus on number two. One second. <laughs> Apparently, we're getting attacked. <laughs> i tell you, Mike. You can... <laughs> nothing was going on for two hours in this house. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? As soon as I go live, it's like, you know what? Let's go play hide the grenade. (laughs) (laughs) Uh
2: Let's kick it over to Tua Shane making his announcement. I thought he came off. Fuck.
1: What is it, Mike? You know, is it 4th of July and everybody shooting fireworks outside? I don't know.
4: Sorry.